Yo, yo, what is up? And welcome to another episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. On this one, I have King David, who I have met on Twitter. We've connected um, and we're pretty good buddies. We've been talking back and forth. And of course, we just did a podcast together. That's what you're about to listen to. But David is the world's only quit porn strategist. He's also the host of the Arsenal podcast, and he has a community, The Pack, um, which he is the leader of in helping people quit their addiction to porn. And as most of you know, some people see this as a very like controversial topic, but I would argue that the most, most of the people that listen to this podcast um, that have a basis of self-improvement in their life understand how fucking dangerous porn is and how much it can fuck your life up bad especially with women so we're gonna dive deep into that on this podcast with david and quite a bit more but uh before we get started let's talk modern mastery hq there has been so much there's been so much like added um this past week and everything is picking up and it's it's beautiful to see and i absolutely love it 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 just fills me with energy to see the community thriving and people winning all the time and so uh, here's the deal. If you join Modern Mastery, I will send you my $147 course, Make It Profitable, for free if you DM me inside of the Discord once you get everything set up inside there. Just DM me, tell me you signed up through the podcast and you want the free course. And what the course is, is it helps you, it's my marketing framework. So anything you want to sell, any idea you have, it turns that into a tangible product or service that you can charge money for. Um, You can sell it on your social media account and you market it in a way that sets you apart from all the competition. There's no more saturation. And that's, that's only the offer to join. Now, everything in there, we just added a spirituality and mysticism uh, channel for weekly articles in there. There's already some killer articles in there. And then there's weekly articles in the Um, mental performance section or the peak performance section and then there's weekly articles in the business section and then there are monthly trainings and the next training that's coming up is um, personal branding with Eddie who is on a future podcast which you'll listen to and then after that the art of purpose is coming on to teach you all about content creation on Twitter and uh, this month's challenge is 30 days of reading so if you're a content creator or even anything where you just want to gain wisdom, like you want to upgrade your brain, but you have trouble staying accountable uh, when it comes to actually reading, that's for you. And I'm sorry, this is just going on way too long, but that's how much fucking shit is inside of Modern Mastery HQ. So if you want to join for $9.99 a month, $9.99 a month, that's absolutely nothing. Go to join dot modernmastery dot co and read through the landing page see if it's a fit and then join and we'll see you inside of the thriving community and everyone's just helping each other it's fucking beautiful i I really hope to see you inside but until then i hope you enjoy this podcast with david welcome david glad to have you here how you doing yeah good to be here man i'm excited to see whatever the heck we're going to talk about. I wonder if it'll be similar to the one we did on my podcast. We kind of just started off and saw where it took us. I had a lot of fun on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I like doing it. The 
I feel like I say this at the beginning of every podcast because I kind of just start off like I, I there's no introduction. It's either like, hey, welcome or just like I'll start the recording as we're just talking beforehand. And that usually works pretty well. But uh, yeah, I want to hear about your new project, the the pack. Tell people about that and like what you're about, because I I would assume we've talked about this. We talked about it a bit before. But um, like you were mentioning how Modern Mastery was somewhat inspiration for that. And Modern Mastery to me is pretty much like my life philosophy. So I'm assuming you and it's the same thing with other creators, like their products reflect themselves and their journey. Right. Yeah, no. So the pack is it's shorthand for a porn addiction accountability community. And it started off as just a group chat that I threw together for some people to use. And then we started hopping on video calls. And I had always known that I eventually wanted to like mainstream it and get it open to the public. And it was actually a combination of two things. So joining Modern Mastery HQ, that was kind of the catalyst that made me realize like, okay, I really should get this open to other people because A, it'll be a great way for me to cover expenses, you know, like Zoom and Calendly and all that fun stuff but also a great way for audience members that follow me to, you know, hop in the group and actually see like, wow, this guy sure knows what he's talking about. Cause my whole deal is primarily helping guys quit porn, but then I'm also in what you call the manosphere. So I talk a lot about masculinity and traditional gender roles and healthy dynamics and relationships and all that fun stuff. But with the pack, it was like, yeah, get people in there, but have a heavy emphasis on accountability. Cause I found that was one of the things well, that was actually one of the things that I did wrong when I was trying to quit porn. I never utilized my accountability partners because like whenever you're supposed to mes message them, it's super weird and like no one really does. So I created an entire community, which for some people can be way too much. But the people that I've had join that have taken advantage of it and that have been open and honest about their struggles and they've hopped on the calls weekly and they just reach out to people when they need to. I mean, not only are they quitting porn, but there's, you know, tons of other people in there that are married so they can give good relationship advice or, I mean, there's even a few people in there that have, you know, experience in online business that I've been able to ask them questions, kind of a trade off there. I help them quit. They help me with some business, but yeah, the pack, it's really, the goal is to, for guys to get in, have, give them a space that they can talk to other people about their struggles, you know, quitting porn and really anything else. Cause we talk about some religion, some relationships and a host of other things. But the idea is, you know, to talk more about it. So that way they know that they're not alone because that can be one of the hardest parts when it comes to quitting. Cause I mean, it's unfortunate, but every guy has either watched porn or they've been a habitual user. And there's more and more research that's coming out and a lot more on the, you know, the, or like um, fight the new drug, for example one of those anti-porn movements that's all coming more to surface but we still don't know an awful lot of the effect that porn has on people and i view it through kind of an esoteric lens right like it inhibits and completely zaps you with your energy so if you want to be high confidence high focus and have way more energy than you know what to do with if you're watching porn that's probably one of the reasons why you feel sluggish and slow in the head or whatever because it was when i started to quit i realized like whoa I have a lot more confidence. I have a lot more energy and I would actually start to focus on those positive benefits. And that was one thing that made it easier for me to get off of it. 
you know, because at the time I was, you know, I was addicted to it for nine years or whatever. And I remember there were periods where I would, yeah, I'd watch it multiple times a day or I'd stay up hours at night, just kind of zoning out on it. And it was always something that I wanted to get under control. So I started to systematize the process. And next thing you knew, I got on Twitter around last year or yeah, about a year or so ago. And I was like, I'm a, one of the younger guys inside the manosphere. So we talk about like being a good dad, good husband, all that stuff. And I was like, I'm not married and I don't have kids. So what am I going to talk about? And then I was like, oh yeah, I quit porn. I can talk about that. So that was kind of how I selected my niche. Uh, and for a long time, I kind of just had that on the back end. Like that wasn't my go-to topic, but the more my account's growing and the more traction I'm getting from other people agreeing, like, yeah, we need to talk more about quitting porn and the dangers of it. I've, it's been nice being able to see my content kind of shift from general relationship stuff more so to quitting porn. So that's been enjoyable for me as a content creator, right? Because if you're trying to run a personal brand and you're not passionate about it, then good luck have you know having it take off or make any money out of it so it's mm. been nice seeing that shift and then yeah because i've got my master class which guys have gotten to help them quit porn which has been great and then i also do one-on-one -on -one coaching which has been i mean being a coach is a great experience if anybody wants a good business model figure something that you can coach people on it's fun i've liked it a lot yeah i agree i did coaching i, I technically still do coaching um kind of sort of it's more of a productized offer right now but it's still just as powerful as coaching but in terms of porn dude like i mean i was the same way you mentioned how people get into it super early and i think it's extremely unfortunate that that's just how things are because i remember like let's go back to fucking i don't even know like <laughs> fourth fifth grade maybe where you you start like experience I, I don't know if you i don't know when someone goes through puberty but you start to become curious about it you're like oh what's this all about what's this whole <laughs> uh porn thing and like other things and you, you're curious so you try it out and then gradually over years and years and years it just becomes a deeply ingrained habit right so right what what's your first step to like overcoming that and kind of starting to deprogram especially for people because you see this all the time on twitter i'm sure you get it a lot is like the defenders of porn like how, <laughs> how, like how do you switch can you flip that switch or does someone do the people that are already open to it come to you or yeah i, I just riff on that Cause that was right. like three questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, you know, the first thing you had mentioned is yeah. Unfortunately people, I mean, even I, cause I've talked to plenty of, you know, dudes 30 and older that have found porn at a really young age. So like nine to 10, you know, and I mean, I guess that was probably what still probably coming up on magazines or maybe internet porn. I don't know. I wasn't on the internet back then. But I've had people reach out and tell me, yeah, that they've been watching porn since or the first time they saw it, they were like six or seven years old. And then I've had people, you know, say that they've been habitual users. So almost daily use for some, you know, seven, 10, sometimes 10 plus years. So yeah, it's a mixture of finding it young when you're curious and 
I mean, initially it seems harmful and part of the problem too, right, is like no one really talks about porn. It, you can especially relate this to like religion, you know, because I'm a Christian. So I've seen the whole church either talk about porn in such a way that it makes the guys that are struggling with it feel like shit or they don't talk about it at all because for some reason avoiding the topic means it's going to go away, which isn't how that works. So there's a lot of like poor education on what it does to you or the effects or what have you. So, and then the next thing you had asked is, am I, you know, usually I have people that reach out to me seeking help. For a while, I thought about like trying to convince people, oh, if you watch porn, you should probably quit. And then I realized I'm better off just sticking to people that already want help. Because like, I remember when I wrote my first sales copy for the ebook that I wrote, because I had an ebook before I wrote or created my masterclass. And it was essentially a piece of copy trying to convince people they needed to quit. And then I realized I'm better off helping people that already know they need to quit. So, but for anybody that's, you know, not sure if porn use is an issue, it's, it's helpful to start off and like do some research, figure out what does porn do to the brain? How is it affecting you? You know, cause that's one of the things that people don't talk about is you can actually, you know, develop some sexual dysfunctions from too much porn use, you know, cause it's not uncommon, unfortunately for guys to not be able to get an erection without looking at porn or, you know, a host of other problems. But then there's also, like I had mentioned, right, like the esoteric side of things where you're, and you're almost not aware of it. If you're constantly watching porn, you're not, you're really not aware of your own sexual energy or masculine energy as a man, because you're always spilling it. And I say with finger quotes for podcast listeners over pixels. So whenever that builds up, you don't know what it feels like to have high energy or a ton of confidence. And it was when I started to go, you know, longer durations without it, that I would pick up on that. Like, huh, I do have a lot more confidence. My head's clear. I have a lot more energy, easier to talk to women. I started to notice, you know, subtle cues that they were giving off, like signs of attraction, noticed more women looking and just interactions in general were better. So once I started to kind of focus on those positive benefits and reminded myself of them whenever the urge or temptation came over me, it did make it easier to quit. But a lot of what I help guys with on one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, it's a combination of figuring out what the deep rooted issue is because every guy more or less has a reason why they go to it to cope with. Cause that's another thing, right? Like people think, Oh, I'm watching porn because I'm horny. No, I actually have a tweet. It just says, like you don't watch porn because you're horny. You're watching porn because you're hurting because you're using it as an emotional coping mechanism. And one of the reasons why that's effective as a cope is because when you watch or yeah, when you watch porn and when you have sex, a part of your brain called the lateral orbital frontal cortex shuts down, prim pretty much shuts down, which is responsible for logical thinking, rational thinking and decision making. So that's why, you know, if you start watching it and then know you're in it but not thinking about anything else you just get sucked in it's because you're not thinking logically so part of what i do in coaching is help guys essentially reverse that process focus on more logical things and then also a lot of like fine-tuning bad habits you know because a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that like oh that picture i saw made me want to watch porn it's like no you've got a host of habits that you're engaging in where the end of that habit is essentially watching porn 
you know, because it's super common for people that I talk to. I'm like, okay, what do you do before you watch porn? They're like, oh, I'll scroll through social media for an hour and then I'll go watch YouTube for an hour and then I'll relapse. And then I come in, it's like, okay, not only are we going to quit your porn addiction, we're also going to work on getting you off of screens as much in general. Because it's not that just that that bad habit is leading up to relapse. It's also like, do you really need to watch YouTube for an hour every night before you go to bed? The answer is no. That's a harmful habit. We need to get rid of it. So that's a, yeah, that's a, I think that's a pretty thorough answer. <laughs> yeah. No, that was really good. And yeah, I, I like it because that, I, I went through the same thing. Like I'm pretty open about this. And as I, I think all of us should, um, like I noticed the same thing is like, yeah, you lay in bed, you're on your phone and you're going through those same habits. And once you learn about those things, like even just habit formation in general, uh, it becomes much, you become much more aware of it. And right. As the spiritual teachings go. And I believe I've talked about this a lot before, just awareness, awareness in general at all times, like trying to be aware of your thoughts your actions or even the habits is the first step to kind of letting them dissolve if you're able to continuously do that. But as you said, uh, something shuts off and it's hard to do that. You're just like in one line of thinking and that's like, okay, time to do this time to bust a nut and go to bed. So <laughs> it's, yeah. That, that's awesome, man. And I, I truly believe you're helping a lot of people because that's another thing is like with coaching, especially my audience, probably they may be considering something like business coaching or like the beginners won't be considering much at all because they don't have much money, but that's where the courses come in. And I, I think it's really an underserved market. Same with performance coaching, like with Joey is oh, I don't yeah. think people realize like you could buy business coaching or marketing coaching or whatever the fuck it is and not see any results just because you don't have like work habits in place you don't know what you're doing you can't keep up with the curriculum or whatever it is because other parts of your life are shit right, right? and that's what do you know another pillar of modern mastery is like how the two go together quitting porn will make you more money indirectly oh, yeah. whether you know it oh, or yeah. not right dude i wouldn't Have... be doing what i'm doing i mean sure my business revolves or revolves around my whole story but like had i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be on this podcast if i were still addicted to jerking off to pixels yeah you know, because a i wouldn't have this wouldn't be my mission statement but then even so, if I did dare to, because I actually had been written or been writing articles for the Manosphere since like 2015, when I was only like 16 years old, which is a different story in and of itself. But yeah, I tell people all the time, like, you know, quitting porn really is the first step towards living your best life. Because had I not quit, I wouldn't have my own business. I want to be my own boss. I wouldn't have so much of the fulfillment that I do in just normal life, right? Because that's one of the things with just a dopamine addiction in general you're not as sensitive to the you know the smaller details that normally bring people happiness right like you should be able to go on a walk and appreciate things around you and feel good afterwards 
but if you need like a surplus of dopamine to feel any sense of normalcy or just contentment, then those small things aren't going to excite you as much. And even relate that to like a relationship, right? Like if you're watching porn three times a day, you're probably not going to get too excited when an attractive woman smiles at you. You're probably not even going to think about it. But the more you quit or not quit, when you quit or the less you watch, you start to realize like all those small things that you kind of missed prior. So the walks are nicer. Everyday women are more attractive. And then you have more drive, right? Because that's the other thing. If you're constantly satisfying your sex drive, you're not leaving an awful lot of like creative energy left over. Because the way that I talk about it in my masterclass is essentially your sex drive is derivative from your drive to create, right? Because we have sex to, I mean, outside of the pleasure from it, it's to procreate, to have kids. It's to create something. So I tell people like, think of your sex drive also as a creative drive. So part of wanting to watch porn is to release your built up energy or build, you know, the drive. So then you can also spend it like, are there creative things you can do that's going to give you kind of a sense of release? So be that writing, be that painting, sketching, writing copy, doing something with your business, going for a workout, you know, because a lot of guys are, you know, addicts are stressed, depressed, have no motivation. Part of that's from the dopamine addiction. But then the other side is, you know, there's that primal part of their brain, the lizard brain, where its two main functions are to make sure you eat food and have sex. Because you have food to stay alive and you have sex to make sure your gene pool stays alive. And whenever those needs are fulfilled, you're essentially that, you know, that lizard brain is like, all right, your job's done. You don't need to do anything else anymore. You know, I made a tweet not too long ago where I was like, look, starting your day off with porn is by far one of the worst ways to get going on the right foot because your brain's like, so we've done our job. Do we have to, do we, do we get to just chill? And then, yeah, you're going to just chill for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting because I've noticed it. It's, it's definitely, it fucks you up. It saps you of all energy there. Right. And the, I want to get your thoughts on this because, or on like no fap in general. I feel, I don't know if it's as popular as it used to be, like the whole movement, but I want to say three, three years ago, I did it for like 90 days. And let me tell you, like, I felt fucking superhuman, right? And it's the same thing that you were (laughs) mentioning earlier, where you, you don't, you kind of just don't care like you're you feel like just bursting with energy and whenever you go up or you see a girl and that's another thing is i feel like people it's distorted people's um perception of what a beautiful woman actually is right or what they find attractive and i notice that in myself it's like right it's like okay yeah all these like perfect 10 out of 10 actresses are my idea of hot and that's the only thing i'm going to go for and i i would find myself in like that loop too of where let's say i'm at the gym and super hot chick yeah she's hot but even then i i didn't have the energy or even the will to go up and like talk or like i didn't even consider it's like oh yeah she's hot i'll i'll watch her on a screen later (laughs) that 
maybe that's what was <laughs> subconsciously going through my head, but not at the time. But then like when you stop and especially after fucking 90 days of nofap, it's a different beast, yeah. dude. It's a different beast. And it was seamless. And I feel like people pick up on it. I know people pick on, up on it. Like it's like instinct or something, but like not to go too in detail, but like the way I broke the streak, it was just super fucking simple. We were having like a get together at our place in, um, this was like three years ago in like a big frat house that we had and with like seven dudes living there. I, I use this story a lot in my own copy because it, it was a shitty house, but it was huge and we were living with seven other dudes. So it was, it was pretty fun, but it, it was just so easy to like talk to people and be confident in what you were saying. It, it's very weird and I can't put my finger on it because like that streak was so long ago. And now I feel like I'm operating at a much higher level of consciousness, but hell, maybe I might try to go on another streak. I just, <laughs> I just can't tweet about it because maybe I will tweet about it. Who gives a fuck? Like, because people are like, they, that's, that's what I want to get your thoughts on. People think that it is not necessary to do nofap, which I guess I can kind of agree with, but I want to get your right. opinion on it. So the whole nofap thing, I kind of base it off of any research that there is, because I've researched, like, is it healthier to have a frequent, you know, release of semen? Because you don't want old semen building up. But I've also, you know, looked into it, like, you know, because the whole nofap thing is, oh, you're going to absorb your nutrients, bro. And it actually <laughs> turns out that after, I can't remember if it's 78 days or 84 days, but you do start to reabsorb the nutrients, so you do get like that extra kick from it part of it is so i guess the the answer is on a scientific level i say again with finger quotes i have not found anything that says it's better to you know say masturbate once a week or whatever or to go as long as you possibly can and just not bust a nut period right because it's not like you're doing any damage to your reproductive organs through either of those that being said excessive masturbation can be just as much of a problem as watching porn though naturally as you quit porn your desire or want to masturbate is going to significantly decrease like you'll i you'll probably reach a point quitting porn where you're just naturally going to stop masturbating because you're not as interested mm -hmm. in, in it because you're just kind of like yeah if porn's zapping all this energy out of me why am i gonna go jerk off like what's the point um but yeah, and then too, right? And like we, you had said prior, there's a lot of people that like don't see it as necessary. Well, I would challenge them and say they haven't gone without it long enough, right? Like you got to try and go for a two. Like I, I have clients, they'll tell me even after a week of no relapses, they're like, I've got so much more energy. I hardly know what to do with myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's all good stuff. We got to focus on the benefits there. But some of it's also like, finding other ways to channel that energy because if you just have it built up you're probably going to end up relapsing again so i help guys like recognize the energy build up and then find other areas to channel it into so to say but yeah the longer you go without it the more energy you have and then the interesting thing too is it becomes more consistent like right like when you first start going without it you're like whoa i feel superhuman and then the longer it becomes more steady and consistent
Like you can, I can even relate that to like supplements. First time taking lion's mane, magnesium, and vitamin three, I felt like a superhuman, right? But now yeah. it's more like steady. You know, I can get into a focused state a lot easier. It's very, it's quitting porn is very similar to that. Hmm. That's interesting. So what, what do you recommend channeling that into? Just like work, or is there? Yeah, women. Are you trying to just just bust in women? No, I'm kidding. But it's yeah. It's what a, would you recommend? Yeah, it's a little bit of. I mean, part of it's basing it off of like what a clients need. But just generally, if you can have a creative outlet, so if you're working on something, writing, copy, building a website, you know, because there's a lot of self, or yeah, just online business people, take that energy and you'll notice it, right? Like eventually, your brain gets to the point where it starts to crave watching porn because of the dopamine dependency because you're off you're at a place where your brain needs to have that much dopamine to function normally but part of it is like you'll notice like you'll feel more tense in your being and just have more energy so it's like being conscious of that because i'll tell people like acknowledge like yeah you want to watch porn but you've got all this energy why do you want to waste it go do something else with it so sometimes that is the creative outlet Sometimes that is the physical outlet, like go lift weights, go do deadlifts or something. And other times that is like, dude, if you've got all this energy and you feel masculine, like go out with the boys and like go to town or something, do something fun, hang out with people, go meet women. Like you take advantage of that. You know, very, there are very few things that compare for a man to kind of reach that like almost masculine bliss state where you're just like, yo, I feel like a fucking king right now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I that's the best feeling. Really. And like I've been trying I'm I'm going to some people don't like this, but I'm going to I fucking love EDM. I just love it. I'm going to like three different festivals this month because everything's opening up and I have that energy that I just want to release. And I was kind of right. pissed because uh we saw one that was for July 3rd and we thought it was June 3rd and it's, it's, uh, I don't know if you listen to EDM, but Rez, R-E-Z-Z. We've hmm. been to her show before and it's like the most bass heavy and weird show you'll ever experience. It, it's really, if you listen to like Witching Hour by Rez, you'll understand what I'm saying, especially if you have like good headphones or like the bass in your car or something it's crazy so it's it's going to be fun and those are like three weekends so that's going to be like part of my cardio for the week <laughs> but um fuck what was i going to say in terms of I, i've i've experienced the same thing like at the gym oh feeling like a king uh and getting outside is going to be huge right now especially since everyone is trapped and the most places I would say are opening up. Maybe I'm just trapped in my own little echo chamber of Arizona and everyone's so happy that things are opening up. Like I can go to the gym without a mask. There's no more social distancing in a sense. The festivals that we're going to are regular, like wide open festivals. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. And then tonight uh, I want to go <laughs> and do the most manly thing that I know of smoking a cigar and drinking some or like dipping it in whiskey and smoking it. That's like one dipping of my occasions. What the heck? 
I, I not the whole thing. Where'd like you pick I learned up that from. I've never heard of that before. I learned it from some dude, uh, my old roommate from that, um, the house with seven dudes. We went to this cigar bar and he, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. Like, I don't know what to order, what to do. So just lead me along. And right. he took me into the back room. We like looked around. I just picked the same cigar as him. We went up, ordered, he got a double Jameson. And I'm not a whiskey guy either. Is Jameson's whiskey? Yeah, I'm not a big alcohol guy in general. I like vodka. So whiskey. I'm not a big alcohol guy. I like vodka. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like when I do. No, that's the thing. Is like when I do decide to drink, it's usually vodka, just because I know that it prevents. It doesn't prevent, but it's like one. It feels good. Two. It's easier. It, it gives you less of a hangover and maybe that's just me but like i only do like vodka sodas or just straight vodka and try to keep it as lean as possible if that makes sense but right we went there we got a double jameson and i'm like okay sounds good and he just like dipped the end that you smoke it from in there and now i don't know if this is bad oh, okay. practice among the cigar community i know there's a lot of cigar zealots out there but uh it was pretty nice i can't really explain it without just trying it It was like a different taste it was a bit wet but it doesn't get so wet where it's like oh if someone passed the joint and it's like super wet and not yeah good you know what i'm saying so that's my manosphere of the night my manosphere event of the night is <laughs> gonna be smoking a cigar but yeah what I don't know. I kind of like talking about this stuff. What's your What's your favorite event for feeling like a king? Whether it's Ooh. the gym, whether it's the gym, just go. What's your Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, I like going on walks, and I actually have a friend. It's funny because I met him. I know he was one of the guys like back when I was like super tiny, right? Like, and I had a few hundred followers. Mm -hmm. There was this guy that one of my friends told me he's like dude this guy lives in the same city you do so i followed him and like would comment under his post or whatever and he never messaged back or what or whatnot and then a few of my friends who were friends with him gave me shout out so then he followed me back and i messaged him i'm like dude we live in the same city we gotta get <laughs> together so he's one of the dudes that i'll go out and like walk and smoke a cigar with mm. so that's one of my like well the key is like go out when it's sunny take your shirt off and absorb all that vitamin d that's really yeah. what gets you going uh, but yeah, I like going on walks, soaking up the rays. I haven't done it in a while because I've been so busy with work. But working out, you know, a heavy back day, that, that'll make any man feel mm. like a man. Um, and then, of course, just going out with the boys, which usually also entails a lot of cigar smoking and walking. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's the same thing. Like, I remember this was like a few weeks ago, but went out with like four other buddies. We were going to this barbecue place and this is a funny story kind of uh we went to this barbecue place they were like at full capacity even though there were tables open everywhere and they're like okay yeah you need to wait 30 minutes so we just got a cigar we walked around um scottsdale which is a pretty nice area so it was just fun to like walk around people watch smoke a cigar and have a good time and then when we got there 
the <laughs> the fucking bartender comes up to us like at the door and we're like yeah we uh we're on the wait list for like 30 minutes and the only reason we mentioned that is because people walked in like right in front of us and didn't have to wait mm. they're just like oh yeah go sit down at a table and he's like oh i don't give a shit come sit at the bar now and we're like okay <laughs> a little bit abrasive but yeah sounds good and then we got there and we just started talking shit with him and he was he, that was like the vibe of the place is like they they talked to you they didn't treat you like dirt by any means but they had that like abrasive tone and it was kind of fun to just like okay clap back at them and then be okay with it and then clap back and he brought us all uh a very little amount of like their house moonshine and it was like apple pie flavored it was really good but hmm. i know like i know moonshine is dangerous so we didn't order anymore i, I guarantee <laughs> i guarantee it was like a free lead magnet for an upsell to their moonshine but yeah food was good all around and that's really it man it was a it was a fun time but let's get an, enough of these stories for now i want to get into your brand right and and where you plan to take it because i was i'm toying with something right now and you know i've been going hard on like building out systems for twitter in general mm -hmm. and now is kind of a better time than ever to talk about it is i've been coining this term experience marketing and the way that i see it is it's branding it's branding but for an individual so it's like personal branding but the the thing behind it is your personal experiences are your niche right right so and and I've been thinking about it too because you also see a lot of people saying that small niche down accounts are so much better and yeah you you might make a good amount of sales and you might build your authority in that one space but you're you are the individual running that account and quite frankly, that gets boring as fuck. Like I've done the whole web design thing, only tweet about web design, and it just becomes a pain in the ass and a, a job at that point. And I would say mine's a job right now because I don't have too many employees and I'm still doing a lot of uh, the work, but it, it quickly became something I'm not passionate about. But now, that web design experience has led to more insights and has led to the culmination of all the different things that I talk about. And in a nutshell, that's kind of what experience marketing is to me is like, over time, you stack these experiences, oh, I tried NoFap, so I have that under my belt and I can talk about it. Uh, I tried web design, I have that under my belt and it helped me learn other skills and push me into other skills. and now my offer even is a culmination of everything i've done right it's i help with twitter on the front end for lead generation uh, i help with marketing and offer creation and then funnels which is kind of a part of web design in a sense that plays some role and then right. sales which i learned from freelancing and consulting over the years and now my offer is kind of unreplicable. Like I'm the only one that could do it that way, right? And the same with Modern Mastery, HQ in general, 
some other people could do it, but I don't think they could do it as good. And I don't mean to say this in like a cocky way. I just, from, from breaking it down and actually reflecting on it and thinking about it, no one can reproduce it. And that's the cool thing about all this experience marketing is like you start as a smaller account and then along the way you probably change your bio 800 times and <laughs> yeah my bio is the simplest it has ever been and it that and i came up with it it's it's literally just i teach men how to quit porn optimize their energy and get the girl yep do you have any idea how long i know I it know. took me to reach something like that yeah forever <laughs> And that's what I have to teach too in like the Twitter aspect of things because I think Twitter Twitter is a completely different beast from other platforms in a good way. Like once you learn how to use it, it's just you know there is no failure. And no, that's the thing. My I would say mine is just as simple and I rewrote it the other day to do that and I'm kind of happy with it now. I have the urge to change it again. But that's the thing. It, it shows that you're constantly iterating based on the things that you're hearing or the things that you've learned and it just gets better and better hopefully it gets better and better but that's kind of what I'm toying with right now is the experience marketing and then that's on the front end so having a big brand as opposed to like a small niche down brand because the big brands let's take Ed Lattimore for example he can sell whatever he wants and do right. well just because he's the name, and I tweeted about this today, like the creator economy. Uh, in the creator economy, it's not about the ideas, it's about the person behind the ideas. And it's the same with Ed. Like, Ed has a quit porn. Uh, I don't know if he has a course on it, but I know he has like a good article on it. And he just released one about breaking bad habits, which kind of goes in line with that. He has a Twitter course. All the courses are based off of his experiences. Right. Right. So that's the super cool thing about this is that if you learn one, if you take your personal development journey seriously, which not a lot of people are going to do. Right. So there is plenty of room left and Twitter is extremely small compared to other platforms in terms of like the business, fitness, uh, masculinity, all the improvement based verticals. There's a lot of room left because it's just underdeveloped compared to the rest. So if you take your self-improvement journey seriously and you stack that experience along the way, even while you're building a Twitter account, you've got the experience marketing side down. You've got the branding side down. And then in terms of sales, that's where direct response marketing comes in because you are um, creating or, or, or you're niching down and targeting a specific person within that audience now. And the thing that I think a lot of people forget is marketing angles. Like if you're a decent copywriter or direct response marketer, like you could take an audience that is as generic as health and you could create one pretty fucking niche down product based on one big problem that a ton of people have and just promote from different angles for three months. Right and you can make a lot of sales. So that's right. where I think, that's where my head's at with Twitter. And I'm, I'm curious if you have plans to pivot or if you're going with the flow right now and maxing out the 
quit porn thing or if that's something you want to do for a lifetime because I could see it I could that's the thing though is like quit porn is such a big problem everyone has it so for you that's another interesting thing for you what I just said kind of applies kind of doesn't but for let's say cold email wizard and he's banking it so I can't say shit about him but oh yeah that's for a specific kind of person in a sense Right. right. Freelancers, agency owners, possibly people that are like trying to get jobs, but that's not how it's angled. So I'm curious. Yeah. Do you plan on pivoting or is this tunnel vision right now? Right now, the whole quit porn thing, that's kind of what I want to focus on. Cause like I said, it's kind of like, you know, cause like let's use our friend Joey, for example, right? He does the whole like mental performance coaching to help high performers optimize and become more effective. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let people know I'm getting coaching from Joey right now. And it has been, nice. you know, it's made a huge difference because I went from having one client to like six or seven within a month. And I was like, shit, how am yeah. I supposed to do this? So I, <laughs> you know, started working with Joey and that's been a lifesaver. Um, yeah. So I actually lost my train of thought and I re- recollected it, but yeah, the whole, like the quit porn, it is similar to his take on things, but not really. It's more so like, once you get this taken care of and it's really hard to articulate or communicate to someone like dude like i made a tweet about it the other morning i was like you don't realize how much of an effect or control porn has on you until you've gone a few months without it mm-hmm. like it's really hard to put yourself in a position where not using it seems beneficial without actually working to get to that position but like i said you know i want to be doing online business had I not quit porn mainly because I wouldn't have had the motivation the determination to stick with it but it also did give me my niche more or less and one of the things that's nice about me being in the manosphere because not all of my content talks about quitting porn I talk about you know becoming a better man in general some esoteric takes on just like self-development and every once in a while I'll make fitness tweets it's like I don't Mm. I don't that's not my niche, but like I work out. I know a thing or two about fitness. I've been doing it since uh, six or seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's cool with, you know, my topic is because I believe fundamentally that quitting porn is one of the instrumental steps any man can take to really, you know, increase his momentum and see success. It's super easy for me to turn a tweet about relationships and then add my course down at the bottom. And it's not just me trying to force the sale. It's coming from a place of legitimacy. Like, I believe if you do this thing, everything else is going to be easier. Uh, and I've, because I've also had people, you know, be it people that say this in passing or people that I've worked with one on one, where they're like, you are going to go places. You know, people that take my masterclass, they'll tell me, like, dude, I've never thought about quitting porn this way before. And they'll tell me like, you know, because there's other people that they've followed that's done quit porn topics and they've tried their stuff, but it doesn't work. Then they check out my content and they're like, why the hell didn't I find you sooner? So I've had people tell me like, you're going to be you're going to be big in a few years. And I both internalized that, but I also kind of already believe that because like, yep. if I became the go to for quitting porn, it really wouldn't surprise me. But and I thought about that too. Like, is this what I want to do forever? I mean, as far as I can tell right now, yeah, I'm going to go with this as long as possible. You know, be that getting people inside the pack, 
people that get the masterclass, people that get coaching. The next thing I want to work on is, and I can't remember if I told you explicitly about this or not, but my next big idea is like create some kind of group coaching, almost curriculum that I could sell to churches that they could then implement Mm. and reuse multiple, multiple, multiple times. Because here's the thing, right? Like I'm a Christian. I think that's fairly evident through my content. I do not teach people how to quit porn through a religious lens because Mm. what it boils down in like, do I believe you need God to overcome an addiction? I mean, I think that kind of excludes people that don't have faith that have quit addictions, right? Like they've done it on their own. Does it make it easier if you have faith that you can place? Sure. But my struggle with the whole like religious way of quitting was they did not give actionable steps. Their advice boiled down to you need to pray more. You need to read your scriptures more. You need to develop that relationship. And I was doing all those things, but it didn't, it didn't really help. And part of that was, is cause I learned like, it's not just, you know, cause you know, Christians, we talk about Paul, he had a thorn in his side, something that he struggled with. I kind of realized or justified rather my porn addiction as the thorn in my side. Like that was just the thing that I was going to struggle with. So not only did that enable me to not take it seriously, it also kind of put me in a position where I was like, I just have to accept I'm going to struggle with this for a long, long, long time. But the issue, yeah, the issue there was I wasn't given actionable advice because once I started to treat a porn addiction like an actual addiction, like, you know, being addicted to nicotine or some other substance, and I started to research, okay, how are you, how do people quit other drugs? Because everybody knows, or anybody that's tried to quit porn, they know the whole cold turkey thing doesn't work. Like, just don't watch it, bro. Do something else. Like, that's that's BS. That doesn't work. Part of that's the reverse psychology. If you're trying to actively not think about something, you're always going to be thinking about it. But it also ignores the fact that, like, habitual porn use is going to go through and it's going to rewire your reward circuitry in your brain. That's, you know, because you're getting so much dopamine and other chemicals from the orgasm. And, like, don't get me wrong. All good things. Like, right? Like, these aren't bad things, but a surplus of them can become problematic and can become addictive. You know, the reason you can't quit cold turkey, kind of like I touched on prior, what is because you, your brain needs dopamine and all these other chemicals for normal function. When you go too long without it, your brain is basically screaming at you like, dude, what the hell? We need this to feel normal, you know? And it was it's actually interesting because I didn't start to make progress quitting porn until... I started to quit nicotine and I have a love hate relationship with nicotine. I've quit it successfully two times in the past (laughs) and now I'm trying to quit it a third time. But the first time quitting it, I started to apply different strategies, if you will, that I was using for quitting nicotine to quitting porn. And that was when I started to see the most success because I was now taking actionable steps to get away from it. I was doing something as opposed to trying to avoid the problem. So tying that all back into like the whole church thing, you know, creating a group coaching curriculum or whatever that churches can buy and then reuse with their, you know, men or small groups is, yeah, there would be religion in there to tie everything together, but it is going to have those actionable steps that aren't attached to religion 
Because like I said, that was a problem I was making. I was trying to pray my problem away. I wasn't trying to actively do something about it. And saying that, there's kind of a gray area because like in theory, I believe you could pray the problem away. But I also know that, you know, religion is meaningless if there's not some ounce of action being taken on the individual's end. So like, you can pray all you want, but if you're not going to get up off your knees and do something about it, that prayer is probably not going to get answered. So the curriculum would be like, we're going to get you up off your knees and we're going to have you do things to actually end this addiction. Yeah, I like that. And that's, I think that would be huge. That's something that I, I wish I studied more uh, because I know a lot of people bank off of that is selling to like institutions or even like public speaking, for example, for corporations is huge. Like sales, salespeople coming in to teach a sales team, they make bank that I, I don't know the exact amount, but I'm pretty sure it ranges from like 10 to a hundred thousand dollars just to come in and wow. teach like once. Yeah, it's I can pretty imagine. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, I was going through this guide, the 100 K a month blueprint. Right. And that made a lot of sense to me at the time because we can talk about the whole like beginners aiming to get a step up from where they are. And then like when you're a beginner, you don't really believe hundred K a month. It seems kind of like a scam, but at the time I'm like, okay, yeah, I know this is possible. Let me go through this. And dude, it was so fucking simple. It's pretty much just like learn how to DM people um, and learn how to improve your offer so you can charge higher prices, do higher ticket stuff, and then understand the sales process. It was really just teaching me shit I already knew. And so that showed me either one, I'm not thinking big enough or two, I need to go the other route that he mentioned, which is trying to land public speaking gigs because this is like a hundred K month blueprint for coaches. So if you land like a 25 K speaking event once a month and, or even four of those, boom, there's a hundred K month and you're not doing any client work. You just show up once and do it. Right. Right. So it's, it's super value or super can be super lucrative because people will be willing to pay for that license in a sense for your course just one off right? right because you're selling it to a bunch of people at once and like unlimited use for new members as opposed to just one person so that could right. be huge you might have to hit up cold email wizard for that to cold email some churches <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely something that I'll have to do. Cause this, cause part of it's like, I still have, I still have like bad programming, I say in my head revolving around like making money, but it, mm. it really just comes down to like, once I get this thing made, it really is just like find the right contact info from churches, send an email and get a meeting set up and just talk to people, you know, cause I, cause I, cause I, I've told people like I, I was, I was at my grandma's house the other day. And like, I haven't really, you know, she knows I'm doing all this self-employment stuff or online business or whatever. And I just straight up told her, I'm like, yeah, I help guys quit porn. You know, she's Catholic. So she said, like, she knows from the confessionals that the one thing that they hear the most is porn addiction. So mm -hmm. like that, you know, kind of brought it to my attention. Like, oh yeah, there are, you know, cause like I said, churches don't know how to handle it for the most part. They don't, 
and I also had two people last week within 48 hours ask me, like, do you have any kind of like group coaching things? And one guy specifically asked that you could sell to churches. And I was like, no, but now that you mention it, I'm going to make something. Because <laughs> even if it's, you know, minimal involvement on my end where I say, I hop in for maybe a call a month or whatever. Because the idea would be there'd be like three months of the accountability or three months of the actual coaching, which is what I st structure my one-on-one -on -one coaching off of. And then another three months of like just accountability where you meet, you know, check in on each other or whatever, or just use the pack for or something like that. But the idea would be, yeah, it would essentially, you know, because one person even suggested like you could, you could license coaches or you could certify coaches under you to teach your material. Because I do mm -hmm. have some stuff inside of my masterclass that's technically my own intellectual property. And I would like to be given credit for what I talk about inside of there. So him saying like you could make the course for the coaching and then you could make a coach's masterclass and sell that. And I was like, yo, that probably is the big ticket that I could charge mm. a few thousand for and just upfront. And if I could sell, you know, one to two of those, even a month, I'd be, I'd be feeling yeah. pretty good, you know, and I'd still be able to work one-on-one -on -one with guys. Cause that's one thing that is so great about coaching is watching people implement and make change and watching their lives get better. I mean, that's a hell of a high getting on a coaching call and someone's telling you about their wins like that, that, that gets me up in the morning. Let me tell you, I enjoy this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So when you say the, you, you'd be selling a package to teach people how to be porn coaches. Is that, yeah, it'd be a mixture of, yeah, I'd create the package. So like I'd certify people under me. So mm. if anything, that might be the only work, like say three weeks of coaching, coaching, and then they, the church can then buy the actual curriculum oh, yeah, or the yeah, coaching yeah. plan. So right. that way, like, I guess I could have it an option. Like if you want me to teach it, I'll teach it. Or if you want someone else to be certified, then they can teach it. And then the idea would be like, the church could just buy it one time and use it as many times as they want in the future, or they could pay, you know, by the month. I don't know. It's all stuff I still have to figure out, but like, yeah, the idea would be create the group coaching curriculum and I'd probably have to test it on a few people, but I've got the pack for that. So, and then get coaches certified that are like, you know, I guess report back to me or whatever, or just have me as a resource. So I can be kind of like more on call where it's more like consulting. Like if someone's like, this guy's got this problem. What should I do? And I'm like, this is how you'll solve it. Mm. Yeah. I really like that. That's a fucking great idea. And I don't, I haven't heard of too many people doing that before. Aside from like fitness people, I've seen people um, like, you know, fitness, it's an easy industry to do it in because it's kind of like, or even like life coaching maybe. Um, and this is, I'm not talking about selling to like people at an inst a church institution, corporation, whatever it is. Um, it's more so like I've seen ads where it's like, Hey, want to become a fitness coach? We'll show you how to land clients and we'll give you our entire system for getting them results. So it's like they buy that and it's kind of like decentralized education for becoming a fitness coach 
which I think is pretty cool, uh, at least in the fitness space, because in the, <laughs> in the in the business space, I think that would be considered like a, a pyramid scheme or something right. where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a marketing coach. I'll show you how to start your own business by teaching other people how to start their own business. Right. Right. Make so. a course how to escape the nine to five by creating a course how to escape the <laughs> nine to five, teaching other people how to make the course to escape their yep. nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always find those funny. And the you know what else is the funny thing is that marketers understand this, but they're the first ones to call people out for it. I try to take a step back and think like that's only about positioning. It's only about how you're positioning it. So either like it's up to the creator to position it in a non Ponzi scheme way, because I think a lot of things could be positioned as Ponzi schemes if you wanted to for some reason. But it it, it does show the lack of skill level in marketing their products because it's like, OK, first, how are you teaching people to escape the nine to five? Right. And let's say it's um, email marketing, for example, you're an email marketer and you position it as make money online, escape your nine to five, whatever. But you could just position it as learn how to write. You could position it as like learn how to write emails for your own business. Um, learn how to freelance with email marketing. You don't even have to fucking mention quitting your nine to five. If you're a freelancer and you're good at email marketing, and you're making a good amount of money, but you're still at a nine to five, there's still something marketable there. That's walking a thin line, maybe. But yeah, it's really all it is, is positioning. And that's what I think right. sparks a lot of money Twitter controversy is that people don't understand that it's just positioning. The content is probably good, but the creator of it is just terrible at positioning. So. And that's what's so important right. for everything is fucking positioning and how you sell more. So that's an interesting conversation for another time. But yeah, dude, yeah. How, how, how are you positioning yourself right now? Because I'm curious, I'm curious how people are doing this because as I said earlier, I think the brand as a whole should be broad especially on twitter that's where that's where right. when i look at a brand that i fucking respect they're very broad but they have niche down products in the health wealth relationship verticals that could help a lot of people but then they either create multiple products to target different angles and specific people let's take um ajac alexander cortez as example right he tweets about whatever the fuck he wants he right. simply does not care and that's what attracts people to him and then he has like 20,000 different training programs for <laughs> each different body type, right? And he right. just promotes them on rotation. And I know that he banks from it. And it's the same with other people. And I don't know if that's the way the world is going, but I definitely think it's the way creators are going. Right. The bigger the brand, niche down the products good to go so how do you how do you position yourself if if anything outside of here's how you quit porn um like what what's what's your main 
what's your main angle? Like what, what problem are you targeting? Is it, uh, being masculine, like quit porn so you can develop that masculine energy. Right. Yeah. That's mainly the angle that I take. It's really to help men. Well, I guess my tagline, right? Like my business is technically called the King's arsenal. And mm. sooner or later, I'm actually going to file an LLC because I figure I might as well, especially if I want to do this church stuff, I'll call my business the King's Arsenal. Where, But my little tagline is just like turning modern men into kings. You know, mm. so part of that is get quitting porn. Part of that is, you know, getting in shape, getting rid of any fast food addictions, TV addictions, any of that stuff. Just the stuff that holds men back from their true potential. You know, because if you're... Yeah, because if you're watching porn, eating McDonald's, drinking soda, not working out, like you are not optimizing your life nor your energy to the fullest. So mm. if you're able to cut those things out, work out, eat healthy, drink a lot of water. Yeah, drink water. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not watch porn, have healthy relationships instead. That's really like the gateway to enlightenment for a man is to like really reach that primal state. You know, because even with my podcast, the idea is like, you know, I open up where like, you know, to help men become log or strong, logical and aggressive. Because for a while, we'd have had a little talk with like toxic masculinity. And like the, the matter of the fact is if we didn't have whatever the heck toxic masculinity is, then we wouldn't have the big strong dudes that rush into buildings that are on fire or any kind of like act of heroism that only a physically capable man is able to do. You know, because like it's it's no lie, men we're the stronger of the two sexes. So there are things that we're going to do physically that women can't, and that's not like a power move. I know there are men that abuse that, and quite frankly, those men are not men in my books. You know, mm -hmm. that is what toxic masculinity would be. But it's it's seeing like the benefits of being a masculine man, embodying those traits, because if it coincides with your nature, like it makes sense. For a man to think logically because that's how our brain is wired so to promote thinking like that which actually i mean heck so much so much of my coaching is getting rid of bad habits changing the way that you think implementing healthy routines on top of quitting porn which is just interesting because i'm starting to realize like there are things that i'm doing in the coaching that i could coach without the quitting porn which just gives me even more you know, ideal clients to reach out to from a business perspective. But yeah, my overarching brand or idea or mission statement is to help men become better men, become more masculine. And then one way or another, I'm going to burn the porn industry down. I'm not sure how, but <laughs> it was funny. A few weeks ago, apparently like one of the big something or others, maybe it was Hugh Hefner's old mansion or something like that. Someone's mansion burned down. Maybe it was like the CEO of Pornhub or whatever. And I had a few people DM me. They're like, was that you? I was like, <laughs> I will not confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. The You brought something up about like a real man. And it popped a question into my head because I've been thinking about this a good amount. And I don't know how well read you are on here, here's the question. Do you think that in these times, men need to have 
strong convictions. I know that's a good thing in general, but like have strong convictions and be aggressive. Would you say it or abrasive or like stand firm, even be polarizing? You know what I'm saying? Like a very just strongly convicted dude. Right. Yeah. And that's more along the lines. Like when I say aggressive, I don't mean like roid rage aggressive i mean like i mean sometimes assertive right yeah it is more so along the lines of like being assertive taking a stand defending what you believe in you know because we live in a time where everyone like everybody i mean you know there's a big difference between being good and there's a in nice and a lot of people are nice but they're not good so nice being passive and letting people walk all over you and not standing up for what you believe in or even, you know, taking a step further, like getting to the point where you're so afraid of offending someone that you're not going to, you know, call them out on something, right? A lot of what men do in healthy brotherhoods is we go to our brothers and we say, look, you're fucking up on this shit. We need to fix that. You need to stop that. You're going to kill yourself. That's unhealthy. You know, if we, if men, you know, because the whole iron sharpens iron, Right. So a friend sharpens his friend. If we, if I am not able to tell you, Dan, stop being a dumb motherfucker, then, you know, how are you going to grow or notice things that other people see, right? Because we can only be so self-aware. And yeah, mm. part of that being aggressive, it is like going out and saying like, this is wrong. You should fix it. Here's how you can fix it. Becoming more proactive and getting that stuff. Yeah, because it's not like be aggressive, like, girl, I'm an alpha male fear me it's like sometimes being aggressive is just you stand in such a way that like people know like something's different about that guy Mm. sometimes it's you know just the frame we like to talk about in the red pill keeping your frame i think of frame both as like physical like stand up straight shoulders back chest out talk with confidence and then there's also like emotional frame where you're thinking through things logically, trying not to give in to more fleeting emotional impulses. But yeah, the yeah the idea, or to answer your question, I do think more men need to take kind of a bold or a braver stand in what they believe in. And if someone disagrees with you, either have a respectable discourse with them or don't engage. If you know you can't argue with someone in a healthy way, are a pr- productive way, just like a debate, then don't do it. But there does come a point in time, and like for whatever it is, I'm not saying I want more people to stand with conviction for what I believe in. I want more people to stand with conviction for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends that don't think porn is an issue. And for the most part, we don't really talk about that because it's just not worth us having that discussion. But it'll come up where he'll say something and I'll listen and then I'll interject and we'll have an exchange. But it's not so much so with like the goal of changing one another's mind. It's more so to inform and sharpen. But the point mm. there is like, I don't care if someone's convictions are against mine. It's I we do need more men with backbone to just stand and defend what they believe in. You know, because one of the things I talk about a lot, beat on podcasts. I guess I haven't made a tweet about it in a while. But it is like, you know, the emasculation in the church where you think of church And you don't really think of like the, you know, the masculine burly dudes that are going to the gym. You think of kind of like spiritual sissies more or less like, oh, that guy goes to church. (laughs) His wife dresses him. 
you can't tie a tie. You know, it's in part of that's because, you know, the there are some aspects of spirituality and religion that do coincide a little bit more with the feminine nature. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm well, I made a tweet and you made might have even seen this a few months ago where I was talking like, let's make a church, but it's not a church, it's a gym. And the idea is like we're reading scripture in between sets or praying over one another while we're waiting to use a squat rack or something like that. <laughs> you know, and there were so many men that were like, why is this not a thing? Like, let's make this mythical temple of iron. Because, yeah, it's like, it's good to know, you know, go to your place of worship and worship as you worship. For some men, that is going to be going out on a walk in the woods. For some men, that's going to be going to the gym. Others, it's, you know, being at their desk creative. But the the Mm. moral there on that tangent is, yeah, there's a lot of men that have a bad taste in their mouth of the church because it has been sissified or whatever. And the idea is kind of like focus on these other ma- or aspects of masculinity, you know, cause if you want to get really religious on it, a lot of people, you know, our modern picture of Jesus is this really nice guy. And I was like, I don't know if you've read the book, but Jesus flipped tables and said some things that pissed a lot of people off. Right. Like generally speaking, you don't get killed for being a nice person. If that were the case with Jesus, I don't think he would have been crucified. Even Mm. if you look at it as just a story of someone that was killed because of what he believed in, there's no way that a doctrine based off of love would result in such harsh persecution. It was because the men at that time, they'd go out and say, what they believe and they'd say it how it needed to be said and if that rubbed people the wrong way then it rubbed people the wrong way Mm. you know we've lost a lot of that and men these days and that's part of what i hope to help restore is kind of that yeah you know that the the bravery stand with conviction say what you believe and defend it if you have to i like to tweet every once in a while like what are hills you're willing to die on you know for me that's we got to burn the porn industry down but it is good to have that kind of, you know, this is what I believe in, and I'm not going to let anyone take that away from me or change my mind on it. Like, it's a good thing. It can be toxic, just like anything can become problematic. But for the most part, you've got so many guys that are just living passively. You know, what do you think of this? Oh, it's, 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 pretty, you know, it's pretty cool, right? Right. Or, you know, even just not being able to make a decision asking the lady like where do you want to eat i don't know where do you want to go <laughs> uh wherever you want to go yeah like, guys no <laughs> ask her what her favorite restaurants are before you go on the date and then mm-hmm. tell her you're taking her to one of those not that was a pro <laughs> tip right there the, <laughs> that's a good one but it, that's something like i i battle with a lot of things on a daily basis just because of twitter i probably spend too much time on there that's another story we yeah uh but i'm big on i I just love reading spirituality books Mm -hmm. but i can see like there's a problem like a battle in my mind of like okay i should just become a monk and do nothing and just sit there and meditate for the rest of my life because it's proven that i would probably feel pretty fucking good right and both of these battles are searching for a a higher quality of living. And I think that's mm-hmm. what everyone in the world is searching for at all times. 
And now like the worthiness of that pursuit aside, it's being just hyper spiritual and not really not reacting to anything, just like letting everything that happens pass through, right? Not really being of any service to the world aside from just being like a calm and grounded pillar in a sense. That's mm -hmm. one extreme. And then the other extreme is just like not giving a fuck about anything you do. And I'm trying to find the balance because I know conviction is good to, you know, moderation, but conviction's good. So are some of the spiritual concepts. And those are positioned as like the way to enlightenment in a sense. So it's very attractive and it's very like, okay, I need to listen to these people. But then I read a book like Awareness by Anthony DeMello and he starts to think that the only thing you need is awareness. Like even let's say I decide to go off on a rant on Twitter and just like vent and be extremely angry and call a specific type of person out and just let everything out. Now, I'm, I wasn't aware at the time mm -hmm. when I was doing that, but then if I shine awareness on that action and am able to correct course down the road, then that'll work. But where is the line drawn? Like, what if I'm fully aware at that time while venting? And I, well, I guess you wouldn't call it venting at that time, but like I write a very upsetting letter in a sense, but I'm very aware of it and I'm aware and think that it's for the greater good, right? Like me messaging right. it how I do is for the greater good and I'm aware of that and I'm like, okay, I'm aware that I'm putting out a pretty fucking harsh message right now. Is that good or bad or should I even worry? And does that even make sense? Sometimes I get <laughs> trapped in my head. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's um. part of it is it is good for us as men to try and be as like stoic or as grounded as possible. And part of that is because we have other people that are looking up to us, be it, you know, women, children, other men. So it does help to try and let logic lead and like thinking logically i i you know i kind of break it down with clients like we focus on long-term gratification as opposed to short-term gratification it makes mm -hmm. more sense for you to quit porn so you have energy all the time as opposed to watching porn every day so you have an orgasm you know a euphoria or a euphoric high from orgasm for 20 minutes a day so, but yeah, with the stoicism or just being more of like the, the pillar, that's good as far as helping other people stay grounded. Because part of that with like our masculine energy, if we're in a stressful situation and if we are able to stay calm and collected, then that's going to make it easier for other people to do the same. You know, you can even relate that to a household where generally speaking, the mood that the father is in is kind of going to dictate the rest of the household. So if dad's in a shitty mood, everyone's in a shitty mood. If dad's having a good time, good chance everyone else is having a good time. So there's that one side. Yeah, it's like you kind of view like, all right, 
I'm kind of moderating the emotional output. And if you really want to get esoteric on that, you could even put it like there are some people that are more of like an emotional moderator. Like in my friend group, generally the mood I'm in is kind of the mood that rubs off on other people. So if I'm in a bad mood, I'm kind of bringing my friends down with me and I don't like being responsible for that. Hmm. But then you have other people that are just like straight up energy leeches where they show up and you're just like, oh, great. This person <laughs> is sucking all the energy. And some in, sometimes that's just like the mindset going into it, right? Like if someone's in a bad mood, you know, good chance they'll drag other people with them. Some people just aren't aware of the impact they have on others. And then, you know, the flip side is like getting onto Twitter and writing out your angry thread. It's like, first, I would say, like, take that buildup of emotion and take that to other men that you can confide in. Because those are the guys that are going to see something as a problem and then help you find a way to solve the problem, find a solution. Or if it's like, you know, saying something and calling out a specific group of people that's not like the end of the world. Like I know we're very much in a don't offend anyone kind of society. And then even just relating that to social media, like it's a lot better if we are forces of positivity because people are going to gravitate towards that. And unfortunately everybody's, you know, doom pilling these days. We're all, I mean, you get on social media and you're more likely going to see a lot more negative things than you are positive. Unless of course you're on our side of Twitter, then opening up mm. the timeline is just like, I don't know, doing drugs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the point there is like, yeah, there is benefit to expressing and like calling people out, but it would be best to take that to other people that you can confine in, express that there. So that way, instead of like, you know, channeling the rage or the aggression directly into others, you can then express that in a healthy way and then you can refine and like find out like what am i actually trying to say here hmm. you know because there's a good chance there's probably valid points being made in the rant but the connotations of the rant what are the things that are being said may completely neglect the actual good that could come from it and then like relating that to a religious or a philosophical lens it's kind of like the mixture of you know, like a lot of religion is based off of persecution of self, kind of giving up pleasures or attachment. And then you have other religions that are, you know, revolving around like fulfillment and love and gratitude and all those things. So kind of the mix there, I guess, is like being in control of your emotions and then taking advantage of positive emotions i don't know i'm not the most i'm not a philosopher by any means but hopefully that made sense no it did i don't like what i last said there be in control of your emotions but enjoy the good ones it's a tweet idea yeah. i'm writing that down it is i like that one too and that's what it seems to come back to like it, it's it's really all awareness right there's like emotional awareness situational awareness that seems like the backbone of all um, teachings, whether it's religious or spiritual, like stoicism, um, even like mindfulness, social dynamics in a sense, possibly even certain teachings of masculinity. So that's crazy. Like I, I really like how 
Like if anyone hasn't read it, if you haven't read it, I'd highly recommend checking out Awareness by Anthony DeMello. It's just really good. Yeah, it's a really It's a really good breakdown of what awareness is and it seems like to me at the moment it seems like the only self-help book, self-help maybe that someone would need. And another one, ooh, I, I just found out who Luke Burgess is the other day, and he has a pretty cool story, but he just released a book. It's funny, I found him on like the day that he released his book. It's um, He talks about memetics, and I think it ties into awareness quite a bit. I'm not well read on it at all, but is it is extremely interesting to read. Uh, I believe the book is called... Uh, let me pull up Audible really quick. It's called Wanting. Uh, the Power of Mimetic Desire in Everyday Life by Luke Burgess. And so it's pretty much like conditioning, like how we've been conditioned and why we desire specific things in life. Right. And I haven't gotten to the good stuff yet where because he started, it's like the whole you build a business and then almost all of them realized that the business isn't the thing that brought fulfillment. It was just like a pursuit of desire. So I'm, I'm listening to it at night, waiting to get to the good stuff of like how to avoid that and how to do it right. Because right. now he has, he, he built like a seven plus figure company. It was about to be acquired, didn't get acquired and it just went downhill and he was relieved because of it. But now, like, I don't know too much of his story after that, but now he has a personal brand. I mean, he's writing a book, and I'm assuming from what he said, that's one of his desires, but I want to hear how he talks around it and, like, shows that that is a good thing and how us entrepreneurs can avoid those pitfalls. So that's another good one that's I'm reading right now. But... Yeah, man, I we've been talking for a good amount of time, so <laughs> that that was awesome, and I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. That was fun. Touched on a wide variety of topics. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, everywhere, huge spectrum. I'm excited to get this one out, but until then, uh, where can people find you and then shamelessly plug the products? Yes. All right. So first one, you can find me on Twitter at King David T K A. That's capital K on the King, capital D on the David, and then capital T K A. The T K A is for the King's Arsenal. And then my products are: I have a Quit Porn Masterclass, which is formally called How to Quit Porn in Thirty Days and Never Relapse Again, which is essentially the framework that I walk my one-on-one -on -one clients through to quit porn. And then I also have my online accountability group, which is called the pack. And that is like I had said prior, it's the online sphere that men can turn to, to both talk about what their struggle is and then get input and advice from other men who are struggling with that, with that same thing. You know, we have video calls where we get together and really just get to know one another, right? Cause it's the common theme guys want to quit porn. But the idea is like not just to talk about it, but get people to really develop relationships there. Because I've got guys in the group that I'm trying to figure out plans to go meet with them this summer. 
you know so yeah join the pack if you're ready to quit porn right now it's five bucks a month until june 18th i have trainings included in there that are derived right from my quit porn masterclass, which is yeah that's a whole deal in and of itself join for five bucks a month get access to stuff that you can only get from the master class so and then yeah i'm only on twitter i suppose if you want to send me an email you can send me an email at david from ashes at gmail.com generally i do a good job at getting back to those but no promises best way to get a hold of me is on twitter by far true yeah i'm gonna join the pack that'd be cool just talk to everyone there i'm sure they're cool dudes too um that's the cool thing about communities is like no no offense to anyone that like isn't in our communities but there's a lot of cool people in there like it's as we said how like going broad with the audience is cool but it's just the way of the world that one day you're going to be spending 24 hours in the replies and the dms and so there has to be either a paywall if you're providing more value or just some kind of like filter mechanism like a telegram group where you talk to them so it's cool to see the cool guys in there because they're the committed guys as well right, right. they're yeah. the ones that are ready to fucking oh, make yeah. it happen even just getting people in there for five bucks a month that makes a difference and people getting in for free and then oh, yeah. for my end i'll help promote mmhq i watched one of the trainings or something in there and I then applied what it was. It was some sales technique to a sales call. And I closed it on the call, got paid then and there too. So guys, MMHQ, join it. Join it and the pack <laughs> if you need it. Yeah. What we're here for. Hell yeah, dude. Dude, the new training was pretty sick too. Um, this guy, Steven Trister, he hit me up uh, to do a speaking training for the group. And he had 10 people come in. And one of the parts where it was like some guy kneels, he had to riff on a subject that he knew for a minute. In this case, it was like SEO and he just kind of talked. And then the next phase, he had to do it at 150% energy for a minute. And so he's going off like he's super energetic about it. And then he had to take it up 100% from that. So he's like, he's just like flailing around, like yelling. Uh, huge props for him doing that. And it was like quick too. And he said he was one of the nervous ones. So it was really cool to see that like coming out of his shell. And it was cool to see the difference between like the zero energy and then the like 150% energy because the 150% was actually really good. And it was a lot clearer and he articulated his point better even threw some humor in there and that was the whole point is like if you just intentionally up the energy in what you're saying like i am right now and going a bit quicker then you're able to formulate your thoughts somehow a lot quicker and you use a lot less filler words when you're doing it so that's like one trick to take away mm. filler words is because you're just tr you're intentionally talking quicker on something that you already know and you just keep going and it sounds a lot better. So that was a cool thing from the training that I picked up on and will be using. And you're in there, so you'll be able to see the recording of the training. And anyone else that joins, join now. Yeah, join. You'll, you'll, join you'll get communities, a... guys. Yeah, they By are sick. By far, some of the best investments you can make. 100%.
I love it, man. But yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, we don't, we don't have, we can't go on each other's podcasts anymore. So I guess I'll see you. Okay, we can, we can down the road. (laughs) But we've been on each other's podcasts. So for now, I'll see you on Telegram and Twitter. Yes, you will. Thanks for having me, man. I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast with my brother, King David. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys understand how much porn is fucking up everything and why David's mission is to burn down the porn, the porn industry. It's because it fucking sucks. And if you need help with that, hit him up or join the pack, his community, um, or join both. I'm sure we can work something out. If you join Modern Mastery HQ, and if you listen to the first part of this podcast, I offer my $147 course for free if you DM me inside there. And then if you also mention um, his community, and that's something you want to do, you want to work on uh, quitting porn, then we can work together. We can create a group or something or discount Um, for you to get in there and start working with David as well. So if you want to join Modern Mastery HQ, a.k.a. the best fucking place on the planet, uh, go to join.modernmastery.co. That's join.modernmastery.co. And I'll see you inside there. And I'll also see you in the next podcast episode. Peace.